1: And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every single step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855 212 Send the tweets and the hot takes at Ken Carman, C-A-R-M-A-N. Coming up in 40 minutes, Jordan Dejani will join us. We'll talk NFL with him. Quickly on the title games coming up later today. It's not fair that Ohio State is probably going to win against Northwestern. You might as well root like crazy against Ohio State if you really want to. I mean, why not, right? Pat Fitzgerald's a good guy, good coach. He runs a good program at a good school. Really good school, Northwestern is. If you hate Ohio State and you hate that Ohio State's number four, I say root your ass off for Northwestern all you want. Go ahead and do it. Because if Ohio State wins... Sorry, guys, they're getting in. It's not fair. It's business. I said it last week. I'll say it in the future. It's not fair. It is not fair. It's And I, will, I don't know if it's fair to anybody. It's not fair to Ohio State that Kevin Warren and the Big Ten messed up. It's not, a, it's not fair to Ohio State that Kevin Warren and the Big Ten continue to mess up where they said they were following science, and somehow I guess the science changed. I, I don't know how that worked out. It's not fair. It's also not fair to Texas A&M or, or Florida or Cincinnati or Oklahoma or Ohio- Iowa State or, or any one of these other teams. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, that Ohio State had the rules changed for them. They'll play six games. They'll more than likely win against Northwestern, and they'll get into the college football playoff. Now, I can look at you with a dead straight face and say say that Ohio State is one of the best teams in college football, talent-wise. Like, I can look at you with a dead straight face and say that frequently, before Clemson had Dabo Sweeney, had one of the most talented teams in college football year by year by year. But how do they finish every year? Because they played games. They played 11 or 12 games every year, and they would lose, and then they would lose again because they were Clemson, and they would do stupid things. They're known to do it. Like A season has to be played. None of this is fair. None of this is going to make sense tomorrow afternoon. The college football playoff committee will try to cover its ass the best it can, can, but but the thing that has to be proven to you or said to you is that, guys, it's about money. It's about money in our own personal lives, and it's about money in college football. And for this year, I guess I'm going to have to accept it. If you're a big Ohio State fan, you better hope that they win today, obviously, and then you better hope that they beat probably, I would imagine, if they get to number three, because you are going you might need to dock Notre Dame, are you going to have Notre Dame and Clemson play next week or coming up in a couple of weeks in the college football playoff? Are you really going to do that? So probably if, say, Notre Dame loses, I'm going on that premise, it's hard to beat an opponent twice. If Notre Dame loses, are you going to put Notre Dame number three and then have them play Clemson again? Or are you going to put them at number four, put Ohio State at number three if they win, put Clemson at number two, have Clemson and Ohio State play? Because... I don't know if Ohio State's ever beat Clemson. I'm trying to think I think they're over against Clemson and they certainly have a monkey on their back over the last 10 years against Clemson. It's not fair. It's but it's the way she goes. It's the way it, in the words of <laughs> in the words of Ray from Trailer Park Boys, it's the way she goes. And it's not fair, but it's the business of college football. They need to make sure that their bills are paid. They need to make sure that they go with the company that's going to give them the very best chance to get the eyes on them. And it's going to give us a bunch of controversy. I said in in the last hour, if I sat here and opened up the phones and said, boy, how great of a story is Coastal Carolina, 855-2124, CBS 855-2124-227, and I just kept saying that, I ain't going to get a call on anything. I, I didn't even barely mention Ohio State down the line. People wanted to tweet. People wanted to get in controversy draws dollars. Ohio State, being a polarizing program that people all over the country love or hate, they are one of the most polarizing programs, and this year probably the most polarizing program in the country, they draw dollars. It's that simple. It's not fair, but it's that simple. And the College Football Playoff Committee has protected itself in almost every single category with this top ten. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's very flimsy, but they've given themselves an argument. Alabama, if Alabama loses today, is Alabama going to be out of the top four? Not unless they get hammered and they're not going to get hammered. If Florida wins, I can make an argument for Florida as an SEC champion to be in the top four. Can I make an argument that they're a two-loss team? Do I put Florida and Alabama in there? I'm not sure if I do. Notre Dame, if they lose, do I dock them that much? If they lose by 10, do I kick them out of the college football playoff? If they lose by a touchdown, I don't or if they lose by a touchdown or three points, I don't think I can. Ohio State, if Ohio State were to lose today, yes, absolutely. Ohio State's out of there. If Northwestern wins a Big Ten championship, do I put North No. They have covered themselves almost in every way. A M has a lot of skin in the game today. But it's still going to be about Who draws the most dollars in a time where they need it the worst? And Ohio State is still one of those teams. At the very beginning of all this back in May, I said that this is going to be better, just like in our own lives, this is going to be better for the haves, not the have-nots. We are seeing that all throughout this, throughout our personal lives because of all this. We're seeing it now politically. We're seeing it now in our personal lives, and we're seeing it in our college football. It is not fair, and it's not right. It's not right. If you're a Clemson fan, if you're a Notre Dame fan, you've put it on the line 10 times going into the day. You, this will be the 11th. Ohio State only has done it five times. They they changed the rules for Ohio State. But do I blame Ohio State because the Big Ten's inept? I don't think I can. 855 cbs Just had Justin Termini on. In, if you listen to that interview, you know why I love Justin i got to put him at the top of the hour because one of these days I'm just going to be doing a whole half an hour with the guy. I, I root strongly for this move with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I saw this. I was happy. If you've listened to this with any regularity, like there are teams that I root for good stories. I, there, there are people. I'm not a journalist. I'm allowed to root for things. I don't give a damn. I like the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're my favorite team of all teams and, and across all sports. Milwaukee is now, as a fan, become my second favorite team. I want the NBA to still be a nationwide league. And what Justin and I were talking about and what Justin said was the truth. We have media members in the NBA who do this for the players. They need the stories. They need to have the access. The access is granted by the players and the players' agents and the people who are close to the players'. If they write something that they, these players do not like, if they do not take the player's side, they're not going to be given that type of access in the future. The best thing about this part is I don't need that access. I don't care. I'm not a writer. I never will be. So I don't need that. And I can look at what's real and what's not. And I think that what the NBA has, has been a champion of has been player empowerment. And I've been told many, many times I should support player empowerment. In a lot of ways, I do. If, if guys can find ways to play in the market that they want to and have the lifestyle that they want to, that's perfectly fine. That's the American dream. But on the other side of that, as a fan, if I got a guy who, who lives and works in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and he gets a job in L.A. and he wants to go there, that's fine. I don't root for that guy. But if I have a vested interest as a fan – and you're not giving me an interest to be a fan of the team in the area that I'm at because I relate. It's not a secret that I'm a a Cleveland Cavaliers fan and I became a Cleveland Cavaliers fan because I'm from Canton, Ohio. I don't think I would have been a Cavs fan if I was doing this show from Detroit, Michigan, or if I was doing this show from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, or if I were doing this show from Seattle, Washington. I don't know if there's a chance in hell I'd ever be a Cavs fan if that were the case. I'm a Cavs fan because of where I was born and more than likely where I'll die. And that's a good thing. And it's, sports are supposed to be that way. They're supposed to be an us-versus-them mentality. If you take away the us-versus-them mentality, then I'm only paying to see a sideshow. And if your city has a guy like LeBron coming to town, if your city has a guy like, in the past, Kobe, Giannis now I think I think gets thrown in that mix. I think Luka's very, very close. We can argue about how great he is. I think he's obviously a great player. Is he still some is he is he somebody that in twenty twenty one and twenty two and twenty three people will pay to see because they want to say they saw Luca? Possibly. I don't know if he's there yet. I think Giannis is there, I think LeBron is there. I think that Steph Curry, if he could stay healthy, would be there. Those guys. That upper Kevin Durant, that upper echelon one percent. Okay, but what if you're just playing the Suns? You got good players on the Suns. Does anybody care if they come to Detroit? So what's my gate? What's my receipt? Why am I? Why why are people coming to my basketball game in downtown downtown Detroit to go see the Pistons play the Suns or go see the Pistons play the Kings when there's no bite into it because there's no fan interaction with the team because we just call it a traveling road show and so there are going to be nights where LeBron and Giannis and and, and Kevin Durant and those players end up in certain cities they draw a huge amount of gate those people will draw a huge amount of eyeballs. So then you just have 15 other duds that are going on in the NBA. That's not good for the sport. You have to have as much as the NBA writers, the upper echelon NBA people, want to tell me how great this is for the NBA, you can't tell me it's great for the NBA because while that player has every right – I'm not holding against that person to have any right to go play wherever they want to, but the fan in Detroit and Oklahoma City and Memphis and anywhere else, they have every right to say, yeah, you know what, I'm going to stay home or I'm going to find something else to watch. I'll go be a big Michigan State fan. If you're in Detroit, I'll go be a big MSU fan and I'll go watch the Lions play. Hey, they got Chris Spillman now. Maybe it won't be like Matt Millen. Maybe it will be well. Maybe it'll be a good job. They can go do that. If we're going to support freedoms and rights about all this, then I'm going to do that for the consumer too. We do this with the NFL, and the NFL is is by far not perfect at all. But the NFL, which what? They could have a $100 billion deal. Is that right, Boccioni? A $100 billion deal with Amazon by the end of this coming week? Yeah, that's right. Who's their number one player in the league right now, Bocci? Who's their number one guy? Name him. LeBron. No, in the NFL, I'm sorry. In the NFL. Who's the number one player in the NFL? Pat Mahomes. And where does he play? Kansas City. Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri is not New York. Well, I've been to Kansas City, Missouri, and it's a wonderful town with wonderful people, and I say that all the time, and I mean that. Kansas City, Missouri is not New York. It's not L.A., and people in Kansas City will go in droves to see Patrick Mahomes, and they have a $100 billion deal possibly in place with Amazon and streaming services over the next 10 to 20 years. They'll make money hand over fist because of a guy who plays in Kansas City, Missouri. He's never going to go anywhere else. He will finish his career, more than likely, unless his usefulness runs out. He will finish his career in Kansas City, Missouri. Fans in Kansas City, Fans in Cleveland, fans in Baltimore, fans in Detroit, they get that chance at hope that they don't get in the NBA. They don't. The NFL is the biggest entity, and I know they play the fewest games. The, the system's loaded towards them. There's certain things that the NBA can't compete with with the NFL but they are find a way to not just push Patrick Mahomes. The Kansas City Chiefs are a juggernaut. I got to see the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes or Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs in prime time. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been one of the best franchises in the NFL over the last 20 years. They play in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, major superstar on television, dates stars, plays in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I If Aaron Rodgers wants to leave Green Bay someday, I guess I have to accept something like that. But there's also the thought of they'll be able to replace it because they have the hard cap and they're able to do that. And so I can have major stars play for the Giants and maybe the Jets and the Rams and the Chargers. I can have stars there. But I also know that the team in Kansas City is going to be able to compete as well. And yeah, when you go to an NFL game, especially if you're the fan of a lousy NFL franchise, if a good team comes to town, you want to see some of the stars on that team. But you also have a rooting interest in your own team. And if your team happens to win, even if you're a lousy franchise, that makes it even better. I don't have to sit here and celebrate every single player who wants out. On the other side, I'm going to celebrate, even though it probably, because it's the NBA, I'll probably end up being wrong here in a couple of years. Giannis will probably want to force his way out. All the other NBA people will tell me I'm wrong and I'm stupid and I should have saw this coming. I'm probably sure it's coming. But while it is still here, while the Milwaukee Bucks have a good shot to be a top-tier NBA franchise with Giannis, meaning that they could possibly go to an NBA Finals and play against the against the LA Lakers or whoever, I'm going to pull for them because I want to see as long as we have this where a mid-market team has one of the top players, I'm going to root for that. I know what's coming. I don't like what's coming. And so while we have this here, I'm going to celebrate it. 855-212-4CBS. Let me get to Chad in Green Bay, Wisconsin. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead.
2: Hey, man. How you doing?
1: Glad to have you, Chad.
2: Uh, good. Um, I just want to give you props, man, for thank you for talking about Giannis staying in Milwaukee because there's just so much of nonsense about him not staying in Milwaukee and him wanting to trade and this and that. And It just...
1: Well, let's think about the. Hold on, hold on, They're hold like, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stay with me. Stay with me. Do you I mean, you get the problem with that, with what you just said, right? Like I, I the, because because I I'm willing, and me and Justin are willing to talk about guys staying in a mid market. We got to be so different from everybody else. Like you, you get. I thank you very much, Chad. But you get that's that's the. If you have to call up some goofball on the radio on a Saturday and thank him for saying something like that, that's a major problem with the sport. Go ahead.
2: Okay, I just want to say, like, it's just crazy to me, like, like exactly how these guys are. I, DP, I heard him talk about how he wants Giannis to be in LA or New York because you enjoy watching him more because you won't be playing for Milwaukee. Like, what does that even mean? Like, I, I don't understand that comment. I don't know what that means. I
1: don't like, know what that means at all.
2: It just annoys me. And, and like you said, like, maybe he'll force his way up, but it, I like seeing, like, guy like Giannis and, like, a guy like Damon Lillard in uh, Portland saying, like, they do want to stay with their city and they love their city and, I mean, the owner of the Bucks taught Giannis how to drive in America. He got him the driver's license. I mean, he's got a lot of loyalty to this city, and I love that.
1: I mean, that would be the same as me. I, I That that part that's going to drive me wild because that would be the same as me going, I want player X to play for the Dallas Cowboys because it's different to watch that player play for the Cowboys. The NFL's just the, – the, yes, Dallas has a very large fan base, but the NFL's certainly done just fine with the Dallas Cowboys either being a decent 8-8 team or sucking up the room. The NFL's found a way to do that just fine. That – that, Chad, would bother me more than anything else. And I think you're right. A, a, a guy like Giannis, it's a good story. If he could build it up that way and stay that way, that's fine. There's another thing to this, Chad, and I, I think you get it, and I just don't think a lot of people do in the NBA. There are guys – and I wanted to do this at another time. I'm going to do this right now, Chad. Thank you for the call. By the way, Botch, we're, we're, we're moving Worker shoot because we got people rolling in on this, and I want to talk college football with these people coming up too. you got guys who – James Harden is going to cause a stink. He wants out of, out of Houston. Kyrie caused a stink, got out of two places. Russell Westbrook, as much as I'm a fan of Russell Westbrook, I am a fanboy, I'm sorry, causes a stink, gets out of the places that he's in. Dame Lillard's on another level, I'll tell you about that here in a second. You got guys who want to be LeBron, they're just not LeBron. LeBron can do anything he wants. LeBron has proven time and time again he can do anything he wants, even at his advanced age now in the NBA, playing against players who were coming out of diapers by the time he was starting his rookie year. He can still do anything he wants. He can make a franchise, even though it's all passive aggressive, because he doesn't want if it if it does go south, he doesn't want credit for that, or doesn't want blame for that. But it's all passive aggressive, and he goes to a city and he makes the he makes them do exactly what he wants them to do whether he tells them direct or it's implied. And then they go out and they win a championship. The Cavaliers were on their ass after he left. Their Cavaliers were on their ass before he left. And they tried to say, well, we don't really trust you. And then he left. Danny Ferry was left with his pants down, and the team was terrible. He comes back. They do as LeBron wishes or really as LeBron demands, even though it's through back channels, they win a championship. He goes to L.A., same thing. They were a mess. People were making fun of the Bus family and Magic Johnson before he shows up there. Magic Johnson was getting in trouble for stuff he was saying about Luol Dang before LeBron James got there. Takes it from one of the lousiest franchises in professional sports at that time, which at one time was one of the most proudest, became a joke on its own way, turned it into a champion in two years. LeBron can do that. There are certain guys that do deserve LeBron-style power. Steph Curry deserves LeBron-style power. I would say Kawhi Leonard deserves that power. Maybe someday Zion or John Morant, certainly maybe John Morant, certainly Luka might be put in that mix. But right now, be LeBron, Durant, Leonard, Steph Curry. You You can get to where you need to go putting everything around that guy. But I think the biggest thing is is that I'm willing to listen to, as an NBA fan, I'm willing to listen to LeBron and Durant and Leonard, and Steph Curry, if Steph Curry ever decided to be that way. I'm willing to listen to that. Are you really willing to listen to James Harden do it? Show up heavy to preseason games? Am I really willing to listen to the babble that comes out of Kyrie Irving's mouth about some of this stuff? Was- Russell Westbrook starting to get annoying with it? And the other side of it, and this is where I bring Dame Lillard in, it seems the the media wants Dame Lillard to leave a place where Dame Lillard seems to be very happy, where Dame, I think, knows his limitations. He's a great player. But is he a guy that should be forcing his way out of Portland because they don't do what they're supposed to do? No. Dame Lillard as a number one on a lot of other teams is just the Portland Trailblazers in another spot. So while we've gotten used to listening about LeBron and Durant and Leonard and Curry, well, Curry if he wanted to, but LeBron and Durant and Leonard, why do I want to listen to James Harden and what side of the bed he woke up on and whether or not Tillman wants to give him everything he wants? It's, it's nonsensical. Hell, at least I'll say this about Kyrie, what I just said. At least I'm somewhat entertained. It's pretty nuts to hear what, what Kyrie has to say. It's pretty nuts to try to figure out what Kyrie's saying. At least I'm somewhat entertained by it. Westbrook, I'm bored, and I'd be bored by anybody else. Just like if I'm keep talking about the NBA for too long, you just get bored with the conversation. That's the problem. That's why Giannis staying in the city that drafted him is that much more is that much more refreshing. And that's why I have to put it on the Bucks to make sure you do everything you possibly can to make sure you're able to, to capitalize on this and win a championship while he's there, because you are running out of time. Cleveland. I'm hoping Milwaukee. People say Toronto. Toronto's a mega market. My God, it's the New York of Canada. But people say Toronto finally want to throw their there. These cities may very well be the last of a dying breed. Because I don't see this changing. People have egos. I have an ego. These guys certainly have tremendous egos. I'm saying they're not LeBron. They're telling me to stick it. And they want what they want. They want their lifestyle. They want to play basketball. They want to be paid well for it. Even as you turn off the channel. Eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. All right, Joey, Matt, CJ, stay there. We'll talk college football with you guys. Games starting to roll on. We'll get to them. Jordan DeJohni going to join us twelve forty p.m. Eastern, and we will do worker shoot coming up at around one twenty p.m. Eastern. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio eight five five two one two four CBS. We got Jordan Dejani joining us twelve forty. I gotta get right to the phones here. Joey, Charlotte, he says Ohio State's fair. He's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Joey.
0: Yeah, first I want to say I'm an Oregon fan, not a homer, so uh, just throwing that out there. And um, <laughs> I think really, it's it comes down to we got rid of we wanted the BCS gone because it wasn't fair, right? Mm-hmm. Got rid of the BCS. Now we got a playoff committee that's supposed to determine the the four best teams in college football. Mm-hmm. That's what it's doing. So I mean, I, we're we're so caught up on record and how many games they played. I don't care. They could have played one game this year they're still one of the four best teams in college football and that's all that really matters. So I mean well you're well you're right
1: talent-wise. Talent-wise I I talent-wise I agree with you. I totally agree with you. But I think that what what they're saying is and I I know we're probably we're probably just going to reach an impasse here, Joey, cuz that's what college football <laughs> is, but their whole argument is, well, wait a minute, Ohio State's only had 5 opportunities so far to lose a game where Alabama and everybody else has had 10 plus opportunities to lose a game. That's what their whole that's what their major gripe is and I, can, I I can understand that gripe. I really can. Of course, it's not Ohio State's fault that the Big Ten, you know, moved it moved it back a month, and then for whatever reason decided to have weird rules that we knew they'd change in the first place.
0: Exactly. I mean, I I, I get that point. You know, it's mm-hmm. just I look at the overall eye test of it, and you know, they're one of the four teams, and I definitely know about a, a conference commissioner being an egghead and screwing over the conference. Larry Scott's one of the worst ones out there. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I. I well, you see, I, and I also think it's not just – it wouldn't just be Larry Scott's fault. And, Joey, thank you very much for the call. It wouldn't just be Larry Scott's fault, just like it's not just Kevin Warren's fault. There's a lot of people that bring it in, and there's obviously a lot of pressure on everything. And when you try to make everybody happy, you're going to make nobody happy. And Kevin Warren tried to play tough guy stuff and ended up working against him and I still for the life of me don't understand where if we're talking about science and whether or not science stayed the same or science changed, why on earth you'd push back the start of a season over a month and then not have Ohio State and Michigan to make sure when we all knew that it was going to be worse off in December than what it is what it was in September? Everybody and their brother, who are doctors or not said it was going to be worse in December than what it was in what it was in in September. And for whatever reason, no, we'll just we'll have Ohio State play Rutgers because that's what people come to see, right? Okay, got it. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Real quick, I got to get to Matt in Cleveland. He's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead.
0: Hey Ken. Hey Matt. Hey, so my my thing is honestly, I don't understand why college football doesn't scrap the whole system this year. Like, just take advantage of the fact that you already had half these bowl games canceled. Which goes to show, you know, that these bowl games, you know, they don't need money or or whatever. Like just make it an eight or sixteen team playoff, just stick to it there. Because all you're never gonna get a Coastal Carolina or a BYU or whatever in there. And then and then my whole thing, uh, with the whole Giannis thing is you know, finally. Like it just it's frustrating as as a Clevelander and you know, this branch is both sports, uh mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm one of the guys that calls into your show uh, on uh, on every morning, you know, griping about the Dolans because, you know, it, it transcends uh, both sports. You've any of these non uh, – or any of these teams like like leagues that, like, you, you just got to have a situation where these players stay loyal. Like, you look at the NFL, the two biggest fan bases – uh two of the biggest fan bases are Pittsburgh and Green Bay. Those are not big markets. Cleveland can be lumped into that, too. You can make you can market these small market teams. You just have to have owners in a league willing to go along with it. And I don't think the NBA and, to a lesser extent, the MLB has been willing to go along with it either. And it's going to end up hitting ahead, especially with this pandemic, I think. Well, this where... is
1: why, Matt, because Matt, i, 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 I got to get to Jordan, and I thank you very much for All the call, because right. I think you're on the right track, and thank you very much again for the call. <laughs> if you're an NBA fan and you're a fan of a team, you almost have to root that it gets worse for the NBA because then you can get both sides to the table and understand what's right for you, what's wrong for you, and how you move on and make it better. So you almost have to root for it to be worse. You have to root for the the ratings to be worse. You have to get somebody in a position of power, even players, and you know who I'm talking about, to say, this isn't good for us. This isn't good for our league's future. Because the NFL operates under a hard salary cap. Now, I still think that's it's mythical, but it's still a hard salary cap. And so if I have a hard salary cap, again, I, I know as an NFL fan, my quarterback is more than likely going to be on my team until he outlives his useful, usefulness. Until he's no longer useful to my team. Like Patrick Mahomes couldn't could not finish his career with Kansas City but you'll assume as a Chiefs fan Patrick Mahomes will finish his career with somebody else when that when he's used up and you'll be on to your next young quarterback but you'll still love Patrick Mahomes these are careers that we do this and we do this in all our lives my dad worked at a grocery store for 41 years thanks bye we move on to the young guy it's the same thing in sports Nobody rooted for my dad except for me. People root for Patrick Mahomes, and they'll look back on him and go, Patrick Mahomes is a great guy, won us a Super Bowl, probably by the end of it might win us four or five Super Bowls by that time. Like, you as a fan will say he's a great guy, everything's wonderful. Like, there's still a legacy there. This is life. There will be a time where these guys are used up. Not everything is a slight. It's just the way life works. It's the way our economics work. 855 cbs Up next, Jordan Dejani is going to join us. CBS Sports NFL writer. We have NFL football on the docket. We might have Drew Brees coming back. We have a possibility where you might have to win 11 freaking games to get into the AFC playoffs in a year they've expanded them. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio right now. It's the latest sports update with the always sensational Marco Belletti. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227, sponsored by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance together. Having a home is hard work, so get a quote at GEICO.com. It's easy. Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 1.20 p.m. Eastern, work or shoot. At least we'll try to do it. Jordan Dijani joins us right now on the hotline, Week 15. We got NFL football on Saturday, even with some college football going on. Jordan, thanks for joining us, bud.
3: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ken Carmen. I'm excited to be back sharing the airwaves with you. It's been a minute, my
1: friend. You damn sure better well be. I mean, we're having ourselves a hell of a season here on both fronts here. I got to tell you, this is a little weird though. I don't like the backslapping going on with the NFL right now like, "Hey, we've been able to get all the games," and it's like, "Congratulations." I don't know. Like I'm glad you're able to get all the games, and I understand that. Like I'm not one of the guys who are freaking out on Twitter every other day, but at the same time I'm going, "I, I don't know if you guys should just be Congratulating each other over your games that you got in. I thought that was kind of weird, because I, I don't know. I I think if you were doing everything you you could, maybe, but I don't. Still don't think they were. They could do everything they could there. Jordan, go ahead. Well, to be
3: honest with you, I'm kind of in the middle when it comes to that subject. But I think you do have to give the league credit for being able to pull off a safe and successful season up to this point. I mean, there were several obstacles they had to overcome. I get that it's their job and that they were charged with completing a season during this unprecedented times. But Mm. we have to give them credit. It's a lot better to have football on your TV than to not have football. And obviously, it's a business. They're able to generate revenue this year. So... I'm excited that they've been able to do it. I was cautiously optimistic throughout the entire process. So I'm fine with a little backflapping. I'm okay with that.
1: Who's the team in the AFC that has the best chance to knock off the Kansas City Chiefs right now, as of today, December 19th?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I don't think it's the Pittsburgh Steelers anymore. I guess I'm leaning a little bit towards the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I think the defense has been coming along a bit over the past few weeks, and it's kind of a shame because the defense actually got this team to the postseason last year, and they haven't been as formidable as a unit here in 2020. But Josh Allen is red hot. Stephon Diggs leads the NFL in receptions, I believe, with 100. He's been on fire as of late. So this Buffalo Bills team, I mean, their stock is rising. I'm excited to see what they're capable of today on Saturday.
1: What about their running game? That's always a question.
3: Oh, I understand. Yeah, the running game is definitely not the best. They have two backs they operate out of. I think Devin Singletary is more of their receiving back. That's definitely something that you have to focus on when it comes to their potential as a legitimate contender in the AFC. But, hey, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs didn't exactly have the most amazing rush game in the league in 2019, and they were able to execute through the air. So, Not saying the Buffalo Bills are on par with the Kansas City Chiefs passing attack, but you're right. When it comes to their status as legitimate contenders, you have to have that consistency on the ground. The Buffalo Bills are definitely lacking that.
1: They're playing Denver today, and it made me think about the AFC West. And Friday, I thought, was a bit of an overreaction by people because I just assume Anthony Lynn's going to get fired at the end of the year. So I'm going, why is everybody losing their mind? He's just going to get fired. Why are we screaming and yelling about Anthony Lynn right now?
3: You know, it's, it's, it's a good question because I know that the Chargers love Anthony Lynn. And, and, you know, they already came out a couple weeks ago and said, hey, we're not going to make any rash decisions right now. We're going to wait until the offseason and kind of revisit this topic of conversation, see if Anthony Lynn is the guy who we want leading us into the future. And, you know, I was watching that game earlier this weekend, and, and I, I was thinking, man, if, if they do fire Anthony Lynn, I think the Chargers might be the most attractive job. Uh, for a prospective head coach because you got great young pieces on both sides of the ball. They just opened up that new stadium. Justin Herbert is clearly their um, under center moving forward. So the Chargers would be an extremely attractive job. But I do know that the Chargers love Anthony Lynn. So this is going to be a tough uh, topic that they're going to have to revisit this offseason.
1: I mean, I like Anthony Lynn too, and I respect Anthony Lynn. But these decisions, to me, this is a coach that's in 2020 that should really have been a head coach yeah, back in 2003, I think these are antiquated decisions made by this guy. I think we have to be realistic about it, Jordan.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, if I was the Chargers, I think I'd be leaning towards firing Anthony Lynn at the end of the season. I agree with that. I just know that they truly believe he's a leader, a guy who they want kind of leading them in this new era. But I'm with you. Some of the, some of the questionable coaching decisions he's had on the field has definitely had me worried. If I had to put my money on it right now, I do think that he's looking for a new job in 2021.
1: We got Jordan DiGianni joining us on the show. Find him on Twitter at Jordan Dejani. Other game tonight: Green Bay hosting Carolina at Lambeau Field, eight fifteen p.m. Green Bay, I'm starting to get worried again. I something about the, the 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 run game and the up and down with that. The defense is paltry at best. I'm starting to get worried. It's going to be another ugly January in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Tell me why I'm wrong.
2: I
3: don't know if I can tell you why you're wrong. I mean, there's a lot of concerns. <laughs> There's a lot of concerns when it comes to the team. I get it. But, you know, if you ask me the question, who are the best? who's the best team in the NFC, I, I'm kind of leaning towards the Green Bay Packers right now. Just because Drew Brees is coming back and starting uh, with the Saints, we want to see if he's kind of really 100% healthy and if he can kind of find that job with the, uh, with the Saints offense that he had. I know it's, good, it's good news for Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Thomas, of course, has been ruled out, but that's besides the point. When it comes to the Packers, I mean, you're right. That defensive unit as a whole has been inconsistent. We're not seeing the same pass rush from the Smith brothers we saw in 2019. And then, of course, the offense hasn't been exactly consistent as well, especially when it comes through the wide receiving core that Aaron Rodgers has been trying to utilize. So I get why people aren't exactly sold on the Packers when it comes to their status as contenders to win a Lombardi this season. But it's tough when we start analyzing the NFC. I mean, I, I, what do you think? I, I'm leaning towards the Packers. as probably the best team in that conference.
1: I still would, but just because, I, like, there's teams I think, like, they, yeah, they're the best. Okay, let me give you this. Pittsburgh, right? Their defense now has had a couple of injuries, and I wanted to say they're the best best team in the in the AFC. At, well, one point I wanted to. Now, I always knew that Kansas City was there, but I still don't know if Kansas City I think is going to be able to repeat because I think it's so difficult to repeat. So at one point I wanted to say that Pittsburgh was the best, but they've taken on water defensively. And all of a sudden Ben Roethlisberger, and I was going to bring this up at 1 o'clock and I probably still am, Ben has decided to run roughshod over this offense where people are wondering whether or not the the play caller is actually calling the plays or whether it's Ben just going old school with it and deciding to Joe Namath every play and he's going to call it. And if that were to be the case, then you're not giving yourself any help because you're banged up. You're not giving any help because you can't hand off the football because your other guys are banged up and your offensive line has problems. And now I think Pittsburgh's in a, in a really tough spot here. So I, I, really I'd love tough. to say, like, well, this team's, this team's in a good spot. That team's in a good spot. But it still feels, again, the more I watch Green Bay, the more that these ugly little bugaboos are starting to come back around. And I still just – I got this weird sinking, stealing feeling that a team that's an NFC championship caliber team could still fall apart then in February, or then in January again.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that your points are exactly right when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. I mean, I, I do think Ben Roethlisberger is just going out there and Joe Namathing anything. And by the way, he's looking pretty old out there. He, he's not, a, he's yes, not he very is. mobile. He looks like he's struggling when he drops back to pass. And to make matters worse, he doesn't have a run game, and his wide receivers all of a sudden forgot how to catch as well. So the Steelers are struggling, and the defensive injuries are big as well. So I'm with you. It's interesting how you know we're not talking about how we have this group of contenders who we all think can win the Super Bowl. It's more their flaws are resonate with us more at this point in the season when it comes to teams like the Green Bay Packers, the New Orleans Saints, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know it's tough to repeat, especially in the NFL, but – we have to be leaning towards the Kansas City Chiefs just repeating to grab a Lombardi Trophy.
1: <sighs> yeah, they seem to be the most prepared. I'm going to have to live with being wrong. That's fine. I do like the Rams, though. I hey, I know that Jared Goff has to follow Sean McVay's instructions to a T to have a good game, but I also love the way he schemes. I, I think watching him, Kevin Stefanski, and Kyle Shanahan are the three rushing attacks I love to watch the most. I, I swear to you on that, Jordan. But I think that the yeah. rushing game is there, and obviously their defense, it goes without saying. I think the Rams can actually win the Super Bowl this year.
3: I mean, there's a possibility. I mean, their defense is incredible. Cam Akers is coming out of age. I mean, their tight end. are even playing well. I love the wide receiving core. You know, we did a thing on CBSSports.com a couple of weeks ago where we did MVP votes. You know, if we had five votes, we pick five players. We had Jalen Ramsey get a vote for MVP. I mean, he's been an absolute monster this year. But uh, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns for a second. I know that's what you want to talk about. That's why I thought I fell out of your good graces. I didn't, I, like I didn't bring them up. I didn't say anything.
1: You brought up the Browns. <laughs> I didn't bring up the Browns. I wasn't planning on bringing up the Browns. I didn't say anything. I no,
3: I, I brought them up for you. I brought them up for you. I, I was in Tennessee, by the way. I was covering the game for CBS in Nashville. When your Cleveland Browns came in and just dismantled my Titans, 38-7 to 7 halftime score, <laughs> Baker Mayfield was on absolute fire. I, I was waiting for you to tweet at me or something because I was in a pretty bad mood that day.
1: No, why would I do – no, I'm not a guy. Listen, I, I try to talk tough. As a fan, I tried to talk tough going into last year, and they were 6-10 and 10 last year. And Freddie Kitchens did a glorified Dusty Rhodes impression, except he had nothing to back it up. No, <laughs> no, I, I'm remaining humble. I think that the Browns have a good rushing attack. I think they're built to actually win in the playoffs – Except their defense is not any not anywhere near where they need it to be. I think they're playing with sixty percent of the team and they need another couple of drafts to help that defense out, but that's a completely different point. But I'm I'm very happy with what the Browns have done. I'm I'm happy that Baker Mayfield looks like he has a future in the NFL again. Jordan, I'm I'm just enjoying a nine and four successful run. I do think though that the Browns or a lot of teams have to pretty much get to eleven wins to ensure they're gonna be in the playoffs. In a year, they've expanded the playoffs. Sixty seconds go.
3: Wait, what was the question? You want to know why the Browns can make the – what was it? No, 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 no.
1: Why is it – feel? why do I feel like a team has to win 11 games to make sure that they're in the playoffs even as a wild card right now?
3: I'm not sure. I don't – I feel the opposite of that. And, you know, look really? at the Browns' schedule. Giants, Jets, I mean, they're going to go 11-4, and, and then the Steelers, they close out the season against the Steelers in Week 17. So, the Browns are definitely going to win 11 games. I don't feel like they have to win that amount of games to get in as a wild card now.
1: All right. Jordan, I thank you very much for the time. Hey, anytime. Thank you for having me. Jordan Dejani, CBS Sports NFL writer. One of the more fun interviews we do. Wonderful guy. Great shape. Good dude. I don't know why I needed to say great shape, but either way, he's a good dude. Follow him on Twitter at Jordan Dijani. Yeah, I'm not going to sit there like, like. hey, I'm happy that, that Baker Mayfield is developing nicely. And I give Kevin Stefanski a lot of credit. Hell, I give Bill Callahan a lot of credit. You think I'm going to sit here and crow? No, 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 no. That was old Ken. This is a new Ken. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up at one twenty p.m. Eastern. Going to try to do work or shoot. I might fit in the home alone theory. I'm not sure. And old Ben needs to go back to being new Ben. It's Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio. <laughs>